0: Okay, this is pretty awesome. So if you are into science-backed products when it comes to your health, your gut health, but also woman-owned products, I must introduce you to Equilibria. I'm so thankful I discovered them this year. I mean, Equilibria, they help you take on your wellness journey knowing that you have a dedicated one-on-one support to help you achieve your goals. So it's not like you're just taking a pill mindlessly. You actually get one-on-one support. That's awesome. And their signature product, which is EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense, it comes in a convenient three-in-one capsule form. And so this is specifically formulated to bolster digestive health and fortify gut barrier protection, among other benefits. And we know that a balanced gut not only enhances our immunity but also contributes to our overall mental well-being. And our quality of sleep, of course, having efficient digestion, and even radiant skin. But what distinguishes Equilibria's probiotic supplement is its meticulous selection, which is tailored to women's health needs. And of course, like I said, science-backed, and they're also ensuring affordability without compromising potency. And as someone who once struggled pretty severely with gut health issues for years, I intensified my focus on gut health in, I'd say, around 2020 and I'm thrilled to have recently discovered these products this year as, of course, they're backed by research for women's well-being, they're women-owned, and they support overall microbiome health, warding off harmful bacteria and enhancing our nutrient absorption. So head to myeq.com and use code MAGIC for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code MAGIC at checkout for 15% off site-wide today.
1: your heaven on earth now make choices in the frequency of light and not shadow so that you can enjoy your life now and not wait until you die you know there's so much changing on the planet right now we're we're bringing fourth and fifth dimensional energies into this world well heaven is in the fifth dimension you can also live in the fifth dimension now while embodied
0: Gemma, it is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And this is an episode for the soul, I must say, an episode for the human as well who would love to live in heaven now while we are still walking through earth school. So today's special guest is the well-renowned medium and best-selling author Rebecca Rosen, who has served for more than two decades as an ambassador between the spirit world and our day-to-day world. And in this episode, I love how powerful her answers were to the questions, why are we here and what is heaven? With room for us to explore what is our own heaven, I know that's a topic I like to talk about on occasion because I feel like we are more liberated when we are spiritually boundless versus following anyone's dogma, whether it's a religion or even a spiritual guru. Following our own hearts and listening to our own souls, our own spirits, and exploring what makes us unique and embracing life by healing our past and fully living in the now, and so Rebecca also talks about soul contracts, earth school, stepping out of the victim mindset, mind thoughts versus divine thoughts, how skeptics may even access or manifest the miracle of connecting, connecting to the spirit world, connecting to even their intuition, and I'm so thankful that recently my puppy is fully healed. But during this conversation, I had been going through a ton of different vet visits for my he was he he was um he's he's a sensitive boy he had a sensitive tummy and you know spiritually speaking she was kind of helping me from that perspective and reminding me that he is an angel and there were just so many beautiful messages that helped alleviate the anxiety I was feeling as a dog mama and yeah she's just such a beautiful human i hope to connect with her again because i thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and her newest book is out this week on march 30th so you can pre-order it now if you're listening to this before march 30th 2023 and it is called what's your heaven seven lessons to heal the past and live fully now so with all that being said i believe it is time to let the magic begin with rebecca Rosen.
1: What is lighting you up most in the season of your life? What isn't lighting me up? There's so much going on right now. It's some of its energy on the planet. Everything is shifting and opening up and feels like a rebirth. But the biggest thing is my book, What's Your Heaven? I (laughs) just love it. Like this book, I can say that because it was it came, it channeled through me. It's not necessarily from me. And so it's really, I say it it was a labor of love. It was, you know, this book started out to be something about manifesting, and then it quickly evolved into what it is.
0: I am so excited to talk about this. In fact, you're not even just saying what's heaven. What's your heavens. That's something that very much interests me as somebody who feels like I'm spiritually boundless. I don't really identify as anything, but I just have my own connection. Oh, I love it. It's going to ring true. But I'd love to hear your story. What made you realize that you had a gift of being a spiritual medium? I mean, right away, my dog perked up right when she got (laughs) on the line and he was in the midst of a nap and now he's going crazy, attacking my sleeve. But he, I had a feeling sensed her energy.
1: I love it. Animals are like angels um, or unconditional love. And whenever I do my zoom group readings, like today I had this woman, I started reading her and her cat immediately jumped onto the screen. And I, I told people, you know, animals are so in tune with this energy because they don't have a mind that filters, you know, the shoulds, they just act freely. And so (laughs) anyway, that's, what's going on with your dog and your dog is a pure angel. So he is, he's pure love. Like he has no hate or mean
0: bone in his body. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm glad (laughs) you
1: have him. So my journey, this is an interesting story. You know, I've been doing this for 24 years now and the way it began when I was 19 and I was in college, I started going through a really difficult emotional time. I was in my sophomore year And I was down at the University of Florida, and I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. So I was a long ways from home. Back home, my dad had attempted suicide. And so my parents were trying to protect me, and they were really sharing very little. And so I just started channeling my concerns and fears into, it was called sleep eating. And it, it truly was a nightmare, but I would wake up in the middle of the night and literally sleepwalk to the kitchen and start eating. And yeah, it's crazy. And so I felt so out of control and this was going on for six months. And needless to say, I was a zombie. I wasn't sleeping at night. I was um, feeling so out of control. I gained weight, my failing some classes, like I was a straight A student. Clearly I was stuffing my feelings and one day I was just praying and I was like I need help and I honestly I wasn't raised very religious I was raised in a conserv- conservative Jewish household but mm. we didn't talk about any of this stuff we you know especially paranormal stuff like forget it <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and so I was praying one day and then I went to a bookstore and I had an exam a marketing test and I just wasn't feeling it so I pulled out my journal my journal for since I was in high school had always been my go-to to to kind of process out my thoughts and feelings. So I'm writing and like moments later, this energy starts flooding through me faster, like in my head faster than I could get it down on paper. And it pulls my hand across the page for an hour. And I started to get like carpal tunnel. It hurt so bad. It was so intense. And it was, we are here. It was my angel, my guardian angel and my dead grandmother, my dad's (gasps) mom. And Okay. So 10 years before that, she took her own life. She had mental illness and this is back in like the eighties where, you know, medication wasn't a thing. And Uh uh, back in the sixties and um, seventies, she did shock therapy treatment. So it really fried her brain. Uh She ended up taking her life, which in turn haunted my father and he had his own mental health issues and coupled with that. So she came to me. And she said, we are here in response to your cries for help. You are not alone. Um, And we want you to plug into this every day so we can work with you and help you to heal your depression. And I thought I was going crazy, right? So she introduced me in this hour light writing to my guardian angel. And they said, we're going to give you three things that only your dad would know. So you believe this is real. And they gave me those three things. And one of the things was the way my dad found his mom after she shot herself. And he had never told anybody the details. Okay. So I'm like shaking. I call my dad and I said, I I don't know what just happened other than I'm pretty sure I just talked to your dead mother. And I read him this channeling and he was speechless. And he said, those three things are a hundred percent accurate. There's no way you could know. I know. Right. So what happened then was for the next 18 months, I did the work they gave me. That's the basis of my first book. It's called Spirited. And it's part memoir, part self-help, showing people what they showed me on how to heal your life from the inside out. And it was a mind, body, spirit approach. And basically what happened was after 18 months, I had done the work on really leaning into feeling what I was feeling rather than stuffing my feelings and understanding the lessons. And then my, my dead grandma said, we are going to now send you your soulmate. And here are some clues. You'll know it's him. And they said, his name was Ryan. He's going to give you a rose. And his birthday was 924. That's specific. (laughs) That's specific. And this is back in 1999. So it's not like you could go on the internet and look up, right? right? Okay. So fast forward, uh, like two weeks later, I was supposed to go to Chicago for an advertising internship that summer. And that fell through. So I ended up back home and I really didn't want to be home. And um, my mom said, I've met this great guy actually a few months ago, and I would love to introduce you. And I was kind of rolling my eyes, but I I went with it. On our second date, it hit me. And basically what I realized was his name was Brian Rosen. So you Mm. drop the E off Brian, you get Ryan, you drop the N Mm. off, you get Rose. My clues are Ryan and Rose. So I went and I grabbed my journals and then I called him that night and I said, look, you're going to think I'm crazy, but is your birthday, September 24th? And he said, it was, is that amazing? (laughs) Now, the reason the story is so important is because I was a total skeptic. I did not believe in this stuff. This is not how I was brought up. I didn't talk to dead people or angels. And so when I got that evidence, it deepened my faith and trust, like I'm not making this up and whatever I just did for 18 months worked. I felt healthy, whole and healed. And then every prediction they gave me came true. So that's how it began. So what happened was I graduated with my degree in advertising. I tried to get a job. It wasn't flowing. I realized Look, the universe is trying to say, do something else. My Mm -hmm. grandma kept saying, use this gift in service, pay it forward in service to others, help others the way I helped you. And so I humored her and I said, okay, if God is my publicist, I will do this. (laughs) I am not chasing people down. And you know, long story short, I went to um, a friend of a friend, brought me random people to test it out on, and they were blown away. I was blown away. It was actually working. And so then I set up shop in a coffee shop in West Bloomfield, um, outside of Detroit, Michigan. And, um, my then fiance, you know, Brian Rosen, um, Mm -hmm. we moved there because my dad was there. It was very close to him. And it just three months later, I got onto the cover of a magazine and that's where my business started (laughs) back in 2001. I hundreds of clients and the rest is history.
0: Oh my gosh, that's a, such a captivating story. And so I'm assuming you healed sleepwalking and eating. Yes,
1: thank God. <laughs> I and I lost my weight and I got my grades back up and like everything so, my grandma and my angel said to do worked and that was how I was convinced I needed to share this with others. I love that you also made sure that they knew God is my publicist and
0: I'm just going to let this be easy swim yes. downstream and it did. It just all came into fruition and you're still doing it to this day and you have Best-selling books and you're helping people access this gift as well, or access and explore their own intuition, which I'd love to talk about. But this book, I was telling you that I really love the title. What's your heaven. And I'm curious, how did this come through you? Why, why, what, what is your heaven? What, what is your definition of heaven?
1: You know, heaven. So how this came about is that I do so many readings every day, all day. And Spirits come forward and they describe heaven, not as a place, but as a feeling. Okay. So yeah, we cross over, but you don't have to wait until you die to experience heaven, heaven or hell. They're a state of mind. They're a state of being. So you can create your own like living hell or your own heaven on earth. And so heaven is a state of being that's ruled by feelings of peace and clarity and contentment and connection, a sense of oneness and unity, freedom, relief, joy, love, all of that. Okay. And so spirit has been coming to me saying like, we need to remind people that we, when we pass away and cross over, we pick up where we left off, create your heaven on earth. Now, Make choices in the frequency of light and not shadow so that you can enjoy your life now and not wait until you die. And, you know, there's so much changing on the planet right now. We're obviously in a third dimension, but we're bringing fourth and fifth dimensional energies into this world. Well, heaven is in the fifth dimension, but you can also live in the fifth dimension now while embodied, right? And so this is all about bringing your heaven to earth and making it whatever you want it to be. I love that. So how do we embody this or step into the
0: fifth dimension? And I feel like on a daily basis, I can tell when I'm 100% just so human, fully invested in this matrix or 3D experience. Mm -hmm. But then there are moments when I do feel like I'm on this, like a bridge to love, you know, a moment where I feel connected to self, to soul, to um, what some may say, God or universe. And so, Yeah, I'm just curious. How do we access this?
1: You know, from my experience, it really comes down to your intention. When I wake up in the morning, I ask for a day of heaven on earth. I ask to wake up in 5D. I ask to stay plugged into source. I want to experience and I choose and I expect to experience a day of miracles, magic, synchronicities, grace, ease, and flow. So you're really lining up the energy by intention. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. And the second I would say is do things that raise your vibration, things that bring you joy, things that light you up. It's exactly how you started asking me what lights me up these days. And so you reach for those feelings of heaven. OK, and so, you know, in my book, I, I talk about Dr. David Hawkins. Are you familiar? He wrote the book Power no. Versus Force. Yeah, Wayne Dyer is the one who introduced this to me. And um, ah. David Hawkins is amazing. He's written a lot of books, but Power Versus Force. So he talks about um, the um, the scale of consciousness. And at the bottom, it's a scale of emotions. And at the bottom of the scale is victimhood and shame. And then at the top is like unity, consciousness, and love, and there's all the emotions in between. And I put the scale in my book for if your readers, if they're interested. But the point is our job, the lower level emotions under like, and then he calibrates them at levels from zero to a thousand and anything under 200 is like a living hell. And that's Mm. like shame and desperation and greed and fear and anxiety and all the things you think of, like the negative emotions that bring you down. Yeah. Okay. And then anything above 200 is like neutrality. And then above that, you start moving into acceptance and peace and joy. And it just goes up the scale. Yeah. How do we reach heaven in our daily lives? Is you want to reach for the higher emotions and really choose to embody these positive feelings. And I always say you can't spiritually bypass anything. Yes. No. And I actually talk about it in the book because I believe so much of there is no love and lighting this away. You've got it. In fact, the book actually, we're being honest. It really, it, it asks you to lean into what, what's your unfinished business? What triggers you? What's uncomfortable? Like really feel your feelings and lean into the discomfort because There's something there. That's your information on what you're here to work on, your life's lesson, your soul contract. And so the whole point is to really embrace those negative lower emotions so that you can grow from them. Because the message of the book is life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. It's Mm -hmm. for your soul's growth and evolution. And believe it or not, you signed up for it. Yeah, I'm all about
0: Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely, and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. And also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, hormone harmony. Can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code MAGIC for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. And I'd love to hear more about what the other side has told you about a soul contract.
1: Yeah. So a soul contract is a loose blueprint or script that you arrange with the help of your council of elders or team of guides. And you sit down and you map out what it is you need to work on in this next incarnation. And it's only a loose blueprint only because once you get here, you have free will. So Mm -hmm. anything is bound to change based on your choices and the choices and free will of others involved in your soul contract. And so really, you know, what I've come to understand is you're picking a handful of really big universal lessons that you need to work through. So whether you're coming to learn them and, or teach them with others Mm -hmm. in your soul group. Okay. And there's about 30 that I hear over and over and over of these universal messages Um, on the lessons, they're pretty much what you would expect. It's self-worth, self-love, patience, humility, kindness, courage, the list goes on. In fact, on my website, I'm just going to just put this out there on my website. I have, um, a free assessment that your listeners can take and it goes through, it will basically help deduct what your biggest life lesson is you're working on. And it lists all 30 of these. Okay. That's so good. Yeah. And so, um, and so, anyways, you come, you sign up for the average soul picks two to five big lessons in any one lifetime that they're going to tackle. And so your soul contract involves different soulmates that will come and go throughout your life. And there's different levels. uh, We all have soul groups and in Uh those soul groups, there's your primary soul group. And those are really your soulmates, the ones you keep incarnating with over and over lifetime after lifetime. And then you have your secondary group. And those are the ones you come into contact maybe with at a period in your life. Like maybe your your grade school teacher was really instrumental and important to you for a period of time, but then you lose touch over time, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have your tertiary group and maybe it's the barista at Starbucks that for a moment in time really like made an impact in your life, but they come and go pretty quickly. Right. Okay. And so you prearrange, it's like, yeah, a lot of our interactions, people we come into contact throughout our lifetimes are predestined. And so with that soul contract, we have certain specific key things that are going to happen. And, but you know, it's a loose blueprint. So it's not like every exact move is predestined because you have free will. It's just certain things along the way are destined to show up. What you do with it is up to you. So if you say yes and you go at the flow, you're going to learn those lessons, pass the test, and move on to the next. But if you, like many of us, what we do is we have an ego, and then we we go into fear and we make choices from our shadow or ego, and we say no, and things mm-hmm. stop flowing. And that lesson mm-hmm. is going to keep circling back around and around and around again and again because. Until you really learn the lesson, it's not going away. That's so true. true. Right? And that's why so many of us get stuck and we get depressed and we get in this constant loop of making the same bad choices or attracting the same relationship issues or the job issues, or we can't lose the weight. You know, all the earthly things we go through, we get in a loop. And so this book is really helping you to identify where is it that you trip yourself up and that you get stuck and helping you identify, okay, what is this here to teach me? Because Mm. there's a reason those, those patterns keep surfacing and they're there for our own growth. And that takes them, takes us out of victimhood. And that to me is a very empowering place. When you, when you have information, you're like, oh my gosh, wait, I chose this, which means I can choose again and I can do it different and do it better. Ooh,
0: chills. I have chills. And there's so many questions that popped in my head in the midst of this. One, for example, I remember reading that those who you've talked to are uh, almost everyone you've talked to on the other side. The number one lesson that they needed to learn was worthiness, right? What is it about that? How do we, how do we really, really
1: feel our worth? I know. So, you know, I, I this is such a number one lesson that spirits say they failed to learn and that come up from a client client's but it's mine as well. And I actually, I'm very candid in the book and I share, you know, my personal experience with struggling with Mm self-worth. And, um, so what I've come to understand is at the end of the day, it's really only between you and God or you and the divine. Okay. So Mm -hmm. our success in life is it's an inside job and it's discovering who we are and just being authentically who we are knowing that we are worthy and deserving and we are enough for just being born. And that is that feels so like simple but it's for the human it just we've been conditioned and programmed yes that you know if we're not pretty enough, successful enough, rich enough, confident enough, funny enough, smart enough, we're not enough. And then we go into compare like competition energies, like we compare ourselves. And then, you know, you look at the supermodels or the athletes on TV and you try and you measure yourself against that. And then of Mm -hmm. course, that's going to give you a sense of diminishment in your worth. And we're not all supposed to be the same. We are all (laughs) unique and different for a reason. And at the end of the day, what spirit reminds us is we are all one. We are all sparks of the divine. We are all special. Yes. Okay. And so we are here to express our own divinity that lies within us. And for each of us, it's going to be different and it's enough just as it is. And so we struggle in my experience, what, e- what spirit says is because we have an ego. I think it was Wayne Dyer said ego means edging God out.
0: Interesting. interesting.
1: Yeah, that's good. EGO, edging got out. And when you edge got out, you disconnect. And when you disconnect, you feel separate alone. And that's when you feel less than, and that's where you lose your worth. And so my number one lesson, because there's seven lessons with this book is I am connected because it's all about plugging back into the truth of that. We are all one, that you are special. You are a spark of the divine and that you are worthy for just being you. Yeah. And that worthiness is about being perfectly imperfect. We are not supposed to be perfect. Yeah. And Absolutely. This, is, this is earth school. And we are here to learn by trial and error. And it's supposed to be messy. And, yes. and another thing about the third dimension, earth school, is we're in this realm of contrast and polarity. And we're that's how we learn. A lot of us learn through opposites. So it's like if you if you know what it feels like to be um unworthy, you know, you can't appreciate being worthy until you've gone through the other extreme. And so we come into this contrast, you know, it's like when you know what you don't want, Mm -hmm. you get crystal clear on what you do want. Yes. And it's the best. I mean, even though, you know, darkness
0: can kind of suck. It also is so great when you see the light or you can actually feel it because you had experience the darkness. Exactly.
1: And that's where you find the gift in it. And you bless what I say, you bless the mess because our lives, oh, yes. our lives are messy. And, you know, growing up, I didn't feel worthy of being seen or heard. And I based my worthiness on what I could do or give to people. I was a people pleaser because I grew up with a narcissistic, mentally ill father. You know, mm. you start to see your patterns and you realize, wait a second, I got, I can't, when we're babies, we're born, we're pure and we're mm-hmm. clear and we're connected. But over time we become conditioned and You know, there's a whole thing I talk about with epigenetics where, you know, your conditions around you, the environment, your caregivers, they can express, they can shift your gene expression. And, you know, you start to lose touch with who you are and that worthiness piece of you are enough for just being born. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you start, you, you adopt the, the false beliefs of maybe your caregivers, like you are not enough you're not smart enough. And you start to believe that is true. Oh my gosh.
0: That's so true.
1: Right. And then you lose the truth and then you become very confused and you go into illusion and delusion. Mm -hmm. And that, right. This is all the ego, but the soul is always there and the soul always knows. And once you're ready to wake up, that's where the magic happens. Just that awareness. and that's what I woke up to. I was sleep eating, I was sleepwalking through life. and I woke up. I literally woke up in the middle of the night, <laughs> sitting, but I woke up to there has to be something bigger. And I was calling out to it and I found out we have a team spirit. We all have it. We all have angels and guides and departed loved ones that are there, that they want to help us, they're cheering us on to remind us of our worth, to remind us of who we are and to remind us of our soul's purpose.
0: How do we connect with our team
1: spirit and how do we know how many we have? Yes, so this is such an important piece that I included it. It's my lesson number three. It's I am supported, I am surrounded and it's about your team spirit. And I go through a breakdown um, really in depth on who your team spirit is, but very simply put your team spirit, it's an energetic support team that you put in place before you were born. So basically you line up, certain guides that are going to come and go throughout your lifetime. That will help you your permanent guardian angel that is there with you from birth until death. Um, your maybe ascended masters that are going to be working with you, archangels that resonate with you and they're there in place to support you, but you have free will. And so until you wake up and remember this and start inviting them in, they have to honor your boundaries Mm -hmm. And they kind of leave you alone, but they're Mm -hmm. waiting in the wings. So all you have to do is every day, just say, I give you permission. I thank you. Um, However you want to phrase it, you let them in and you start to get to know them. Just like when my grandma and my guardian angel came to me, I had to get to know them. It's a relationship you build and you can do that in prayer and meditation. You can do that through journaling. You can do it in your dream state. When you go to bed, invite them in. And ask them to, you know, the bedtime's good because it gets your mind kind of out of the way. Yes. But even animals are part of your team spirit. Oh, 100%.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I was thinking as someone who, I feel like I'm an on and off skeptic. I have these moments where I fade, like I'm fully in it and then life happens and I'll fade Mm -hmm. out of it, become skeptical about all these things. Like, was I just hallucinating or did I really, you know, really sense and talk with my angels at a moment? And I totally understand the skeptic mind. I mean, you were skeptic once too, but you were actually like, you had the experience where you were able to communicate with your grandmother, communicate with your guides, but for people that, I mean, and they probably really need it as well, but they, they just can't seem to get in touch or feel or communicate, or even really tap into their own intuitive senses. of of course, they're going to be skeptical of everything, you know, especially if they don't even try, but let's say they're even trying and they don't receive anything
1: back. And so
0: for the skeptic, how do they access this?
1: Okay. So it's really suspending doubt and disbelief long enough to make space for the possibility of a miracle to manifest itself. And so Meaning you can, it's healthy to be skeptical to a certain degree. You cannot be Mm -hmm. cynical and expect any of this to happen, but you basically pray and ask your team, show me a sign, give me a breadcrumb, give me something. And then you let go and it will happen. Let me give you an example. Okay. Yes. I've been doing this for what? 24 years now. Mm -hmm. My first four years, I was totally skeptical and I was doing it. I was getting paid (laughs) to do readings and I was still Mm -hmm. doubting it. I don't know. I think just over time doing enough that readings, I just shifted from any of that to complete belief and knowing now it's a knowing it's not even a belief. It's just so real and true. However, it is not a linear process. I still have an ego. And sometimes I go into doubt when I'm praying and asking for things and my prayers feel like they're going unanswered. Well, let me give you an example. A few months ago, I was in a place of doubt because something I've been praying about and struggling with, I'm like, I am just so done. I'm doing my work. I'm so frustrated. Spirit is not backing me here. And like, I I surrender. Like, what am I doing wrong? So I go, I have a body worker. She does massage. She's a shaman. And she oftentimes gives me intuitive messages, but it's kind of hit or miss. She doesn't always. Anyways, I was struggling big time with doubt and I didn't tell her. And I'm lying on the table. And she said, Rebecca, you have a guide here. That's a Jaguar. It's an animal totem. Well, I had never told anybody this, but in the very first years of doing this, a guide was a Jaguar. His name was Jaguar. And he came to me because the animal totem was there as a fierce protector to make me feel safe and putting myself out there and sharing my work with the world. That's awesome. And she she said, you're about to put a book out there. And this Jaguar is here to help you feel safe and supported And you need to get out of doubt. And I was like, oh my God, like you are reading my energy to a T. Yes, (laughs) I do. She said, enough, you know, enough, get out of your ego, connect back to your knowing. So I left there feeling so relieved, so aligned. And that was my sign. Okay. I get in the car, I drive home, but I end up behind for almost the entire way home, a truck and on the back, it was just some random person. It wasn't a company. It was just a guy's truck. He had a giant sticker of a black Jaguar. that Of, course. of course he did. <laughs> I got a picture of it and I'm like, all right. It was kind of a slap on my hand. like I know to enough to not slip back into doubt, but I also had to have compassion. And that's what I want to say to your listeners. It's normal because we have an ego. We have a mind. And the mind, what, like I said in the beginning, if you become disconnected from your higher self and that team and spirit, Of course, you're going to go into doubt. And so our work to do is to just kind of acknowledge the mind's always going to be there. Like when you meditate, a lot of people say, well, how do I know I'm not making it up? I go into doubt, like I connected to my mom and spirit, but now I think it's just my head and wishful thinking. Yeah. You just have to expect the mind's always going to be there. But if you can just ignore it and not give it energy and just kind of continue to ask for signs and be open and continue to meditate and make space and let the signs or messages come through, you will eventually get enough validation, things that, you know, happen after the fact that maybe spirits told you would happen or, you know, a sign like I do in my private readings or group readings, I'm really big on giving enough evidence and I'll say, Hey, so your dog's going to, your puppy is going to poop on the carpet. And you're like, no, no, no. And then it happens an hour later, right? (laughs) That actually is a true story. I was doing a group reading of like 30 people. And I said, your puppy, your husband's saying the puppy pooped. She's like, no, it didn't. During that hour group, she then said, oh my God, you won't believe this. The puppy pooped and it has never pooped on ever on the, and it just pooped. And so spirit will give you information ahead of time. And then it plays out at a future date. And that right there should help to start build your faith and trust that this is real. Mm -hmm. And while not everything is set in stone and can be predicted, there are a lot of things that can be, and that helps us. Right. And when we get those breadcrumbs, we're like, oh my gosh, this is real miracles happen. And the more it's that momentum, the more you open and ask for signs and get signs and get excited about it and believe the more spirit will bring to you and the deeper your faith and trust becomes. So true. So good. And how can you distinguish exactly?
0: Like, let's say I told you beforehand, my puppy has had a, an upset stomach for quite some time now. And there's been a lot of crazy symptoms and I just have I'm following the vet's protocols, right? But there's just something in my gut and I can't distinguish whether or not it's my my anxiety. I feel like sometimes might be able to cloud my better judgment and my emotions sometimes, or if it's my intuitive voice saying like, he needs to get further checking, you know, how can you like distinguish this?
1: Yeah, this is a really good point. It's the difference between a mind thought and a divine thought.
0: Mm -hmm. This is the
1: biggest thing when I teach about intuition that people really need to work through because, okay. So a mind thought is you think one thing, then your head starts thinking about another and you go to this downward spiral of thought after thought, they're building on each other. A divine thought is an out of the blue thought or feeling that hits you. You were thinking about your puppy, you're driving to work. And all of a sudden you get this overwhelming feeling like it's the water or it's, The puppy doesn't like the energy of my roommate or whatever that out of the blue thought is that makes no sense on paper. That's a divine thought. And so the mind thought is you're lying in bed thinking about what the vet said. Then you're thinking about what your mother said, and then you're (laughs) concocting a story that's like a made up deal. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Okay. So I always tell people really, truly, when you want to get neutral, when you're trying to check in on something, you've got to get to a neutral state. Maybe if you're overthinking this, go for a walk, take a nap, um, go work out, and then come back to it when you're kind of neutral and you haven't really been obsessing over it. And then close your eyes, go within and drop out of your head, get into your heart and um, say the puppy's name. And just tune into the puppy's energy and say, spirit, what do you want me to know? And puppy, what do you want me to know? And then really feel what comes up for you. Whatever comes first, whatever comes is a really strong hit. That's Mm -hmm. divine guidance. In my sense with your puppy is, is we're talking is that the puppy is here for you and holding space for you. And animals often come in as angels and they take on our energy. And when they take on our energy, that's their jobs and they're pretty neutral about it. And you need to just let the, let the puppy take on your energy because it's helping to heal you and to clear and ground you. But then it's really important to get your puppy outside onto mother earth. Like I'm seeing the puppy needing to put its paws in the grass can then naturally attune back to the frequency, like the Schumann resonance, mother earth and clear the energy, whatever energy it's unsettled, unresolved, frenetic energy that it's sponged up, it can release it.
0: Mm, beautiful. I mean, I do make sure he, we get plenty of outdoor time, but perhaps maybe even more because we are in a condo. He doesn't have a backyard.
1: Yeah. That was my feeling. The puppy needs more like hands-on with like the earth yeah. and And I don't think that's the cause of what's going on, but I feel like that could be a healing remedy that would really alleviate some of the symptoms. That feels
0: so right. Also, there's so many other signs I'm receiving from just like this conversation. There are little signs that have popped up throughout that because I've felt for a while my grandmother wanting to connect with me my uh, my paternal grandmother and there were some things in there that you said that were like oh yeah she kind of did that she did that I think I think you know but but I was I wasn't totally 100% open and I my mind got in the way like no no you're just you're just thinking but there's been a few signs and
1: but I'm just not letting her in (laughs) That's interesting. And and you want to check that. Like why are you not letting her in? My sense is she's done her work and she's in a good space and she could be tremendously loving and helpful for you. Um sometimes your discernment that's really important by the way. You don't want to let just anything in. You yeah. I always pray before I work with people like only those in your highest and best good, those who can bring, you know, healing and be helpful, nothing hurtful or negative. Mm -hmm. So, but my sense is it's, it's more about, it might be your fear of like opening Pandora's box. Like if you let that in, you're going to have to work through some of whatever the blocks are or the doubt. And that's a good thing. Like that's exactly what we need to be doing. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I also have this fear when I
0: did open up that before there were some, I had some pretty, uh, not so, I had some dark meditations that were, that scared me. And I was like, and it was just somebody else popped in my mind that gave me the worst feeling and it kept happening. And then I kind of just shut everything off recently because of it. But I know that that is just probably, you know, just symbolic of something else.
1: Yes. And, but it also goes back to the point that living or dead there Mm -hmm. are dark energies or entities and you need to be very discerning on what you let in. You always are in control. Like when this all began, I was kind of freaked out. Like I was a little scared of it until I started doing my homework and understanding that the light always trumps the darkness and you can set intention. I purposely, I work with souls on the other side that are happily, um, Uh, In heaven, not disturbed souls that are stuck in between this world and the next. Um, Some mediums, you know, that's their specialty. They work with disturbed souls or ghosts. I don't. And so my specialty is I work with souls like my grandma who had issues for sure. She was not a saint. She died by suicide, but their intention is loving and kind and good. Yeah. And so you don't, you don't need to be afraid is I guess what I'm supposed to tell you. Your job now is to feel what's coming up and ask, why is this coming up? Why is it dark? Why is it unsettling? But calling your team spirit, your angels, your guides, your grandmother to help hold the space to make sure that you're you're in, you're protected. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, if it feels right, you look at it, you go deeper. If it doesn't, you pull away from it. You're always in control though. Thank you. All of that was so beautiful and it can just feel how
0: true that is for me. And I will soon go, come to a more neutral place and really ask, because I f- think right now, I know right now my mind is taking yeah. over because of my anxieties of my puppy, who's my world, you know? Everything you said was so helpful. So thank you okay. so much for that, Rebecca. Do you mind sharing some more of the lessons? Because you have seven fundamental lessons to heal the past. Do you mind
1: walking us through Absolutely. So the first lessons I'm connected and it's, you know, it's really all about, we're all sparks of the divine. We are all born from the same energy. We're all going to return to it. And, um, it's, you know, really a reminder to when you feel lonely, when you feel just judged or you feel misunderstood, or you feel just kind of sad and depressed, you're you've disconnected. And that's what I mean by take a few minutes in the morning and plug in, you plug yeah. in, whether it's through a prayer and or meditation with intention. And ima- like, I have a whole thing where you can imagine taking a, a cord of light up through and out through the crown of your head and plugging it into a golden sun above you, calling that light back down your body. So there's different tools and techniques, but really intention is all that matters. Yeah, okay? absolutely. And then, So that's the first and most important lesson. And then lesson two is I am remembering, and that's all about, I'm remembering that there's a rhyme and a reason to life's messiness and struggles. And so it's coming back to, oh, that's why I signed up to have a mother, a narcissistic mother and, you know, a difficult husband. And it's remembering that the soul contract piece of this. Okay. in that, you came in with lessons to learn and to teach and remembering that life's not happening to you. You're not a victim. You agreed to this. And so it's calling back your power and it's learning how to, you know, navigate your way through those struggles with uh, greater grace and ease and less pain and struggle. Mm-hmm. So that's lesson two. And lesson three is what we talked about is team spirit. It's, I am supported. I am surrounded. Lesson four was I am worthy. I did a whole chapter on this one because it's what we talked about. It's just so important. Yeah. You know, it's like when you claim your worth, everything changes. That's where the whole law of attraction comes in. 100%, yep. And so it's like, you know, I think we've been given this messaging, like self-love, self-care, that's selfish. And it's actually the opposite. Spirit always tells me, you must put yourself first. You must, it's like the whole oxygen mask analogy. You've got to put your oxygen on first before you can help the ones around you. Yes. And so that's claiming your worth. I love myself enough to do my spiritual hygiene every day, just like you do your regular hygiene. And that means carving out time to whether it's maybe being alone. Like if you're an introvert, you need time alone to recharge, regroup. Um, For everybody, self-care and self-love is going to look different, but that in the end, it builds your sense of self-worth. And when you feel worthy, life becomes magical. Like things fall in your lap and that's the way it's meant to be for all of us. We are all born worthy and deserving. We just forgot it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's a big one. I want to add to that. I mean, it just dawned on me because I can think of the religion I grew up in that they definitely had the mentality that, you know, a woman, for example, who doesn't want to have kids at a certain age or at all, that's selfish or like, you know, woman focusing on her care first before anyone else's that's selfish. And I think that that teaching is just so selfish. And I'm glad that today we are in a day and age where now we're like, oh, no, we really do need to focus on our self-care, our self-love, however that means for us. Um, whether, and let's say it's a mother that needs extra help with a nanny or something else and also wants to work or whatever that is for them. I think that it's such a beautiful message. You deserve your own love as well and taking care of yourself. And that is not selfish. The other teaching is
1: it's not selfish. In fact, it's mandatory. It's so necessary. It's that whole from the inside out. And you have to feel you're in a loving you know, light filled place in order to show up fully for those around you. You can't give Absolutely. what you don't have. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I would just add to that, like the mother who doesn't, or the the woman who doesn't want to have children or the mother who doesn't want to be a full-time mom, she does want to balance it with work. We need to remember to stay out of judgment because who are we to judge somebody else's soul contract? We all came in with different karma to balance and heal different lessons to learn. And so it's just such a humbling reminder that we are not, we, we should not judge others because we don't know their soul contract. You know, everyone has their own path, their own truth. Yes the big one yes yeah and then lesson five is I am here to heal and contribute so this is the big one from taking you from victim Consciousness to co-creator or agent of change of your own life and that is because it's the people who struggle with a, a health diagnosis like they get cancer or maybe um you know they have mental health issues and it's an opportunity okay so this is in front of you here is a a challenge, but the challenge is really there to teach you certain lessons. And then once you've done your work and you, you are learning your lessons, you're healing, you can then pay it forward in service to others. So, you know, the best thing I can think of is in the book, I talk about this woman who she was, um, she, her training as a therapist, she's a musical therapist and she's she helps people heal through singing and music, and she sits at the bedside of people who are dying and she mm. cancels them. And so anyways, she went through this whole ordeal with her family, where her husband took his own life. Her dad took his life. Her mom had a disease akin to ALS. Her daughter oh. was going through a struggle. And so she developed nodules on her vocal cords, And she was not, she lived in an abusive marriage for 30 years and she was Mm -hmm. not doing her own self care. And over time that disease turned into disease because she wasn't speaking her truth and it's throat chakra stuff. Yeah. And, and from there she developed, she had to have surgery and it, it, it permanently damaged her vocal cords. Mm. then when she came out of victim consciousness and she realized the lesson and it was reclaiming her worth, speaking her truth and realizing she's not here to hold everyone up because that's what she'd been doing. um, She started to heal and she healed her throat and she's now back working again as this vocal therapist. Oh, that's beautiful. And, And she's here to inspire others to do the same. Right. And so you see like, wow, that tragedy, there was a gift in it because she chose to find it. I love that. Oh, That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's powerful. And we all have our stories, right? Like I'm sure everyone listening can think of their stories, whether it's them or someone around them. And when you reframe it, you know, from being, this is happening to me, or this is a bad thing in judgment, judging it right or wrong, good or bad, you you get curious, you're like, what is this here to teach me? It again, it gives yeah. you the power and you can see it through a new lens. And yeah. then your whole world changes as a result. How do you help a
0: friend reframe it who is deeply in a victim mindset? And you point it out, but they've they continue the same thought process.
1: Right. And if they're honestly, if they're not in a place where they want or are ready to hear it, you're just going to be annoying to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's when you realize like, you just have to honor they're at where they're at. You know, if you really sincerely feel like deep down, even though they're saying they don't want to change, they're stuck in their story. They're, they're identifying with it, but if deep down you sense they really do want clarity around this. They want help. And I know they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you would sit with them and you would ask them to help them like just sit with it and feel into it. And it, what is, what do you think this pattern is? Or what do you think this is here to teach you? Um, mm-hmm. But in my book, I actually give a three-step process that helps people once they can um, identify the struggle and then change the false belief around it. I have this three-step process that people can use five minutes a day to help reset it to get back in their power. And it's a combination of affirmations, running your energy through like meditation and color and tapping, emotional freedom technique. Oh, I should send him your book. (laughs) Yeah, you should send him this book because this book is really, if you want to help them say, read this book, and then yeah. do the work, do your homework. Thank you, Rebecca.
0: And are there any other messages from you or perhaps even the other side that come to heart um, before we move on to rapid fire?
1: You know, I really just think it's about recognizing we're in earth school. We all have homework to do. That's not a bad thing. In fact, be grateful. That means you wake up each day, you get the gift of life. Yeah. And right. Because if you didn't have homework, you would be on the other side. Yeah. So, so it's be grateful for your challenges, reframe them into opportunities for growth and, you know, really move out of victim into that empowered place. And that again, will make life a lot more magical. I love that. So are you ready for a rapid fire? Yeah. All right. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They form a body movement. Oh, yoga. Yes. Yeah. I'm addicted to yoga. A hot yoga. Hot yoga, yes, <laughs> of course. Where is your happy place? The beach, anywhere warm, sunny, and the beach, water. <laughs> so, you so do you miss it in Denver? Yes, what was I thinking? No, I mean, I love the mountains, don't get me wrong, but I am living in the wrong place. If I'm my heaven is the beach, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are then. right. <laughs> oh man, uh, do you know your
0: astrological big three?
1: Yes. So um, I'm a Cancer, Moon and Sun, and I'm a Capricorn rising.
0: Of course. Oh, a Moon and Sun Cancer. No wonder you are so tuned in.
1: (laughs) And water oriented. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes, of course. Of course. Um, Animal that you connect with most, if any.
1: The jaguar. Of course. Yeah, it's always (laughs) amazing. Do you have a morning routine? I do. As much as I can, because I have children, a house full of them. Um, what I like to do is even before my head lifts from the pillow, I take five minutes and I do my prayer meditation. I ground, I connect, I protect myself. I call in my team and spirit. I ask for a day of heaven on earth, of miracles, magic flow, grace, and ease. And then, um, I literally get up and get my coffee. And then I come back to my bed, which is my happy place. And I do my longer 20 minute meditation before I get up and do my day.
0: Oh, that's such a great, great morning routine. I love it. And this is the last question that I ask all the your own magic guests. How would you advise the your own magic listeners to create their own magic?
1: You know, I think this comes back to reminding people that your future is not set in stone. You do have a soul contract, but you yes. have some say in what happens because of your free will. So ask your guides, angels, your team spirit for a day of heaven on earth right when you wake up. We're asked to wake up in 5D, okay? Call in miracles, line it up, visualize your future and highest and best self, okay? and just kind of call it in and then just be you do you and let the universe bring it to you
0: Rebecca this is my soul's kind of episode like even in that last question I'm like oh there's so many more questions that I no. have to ask you you're gonna have to come back on for part two because there's so many things especially um, once
1: I read your book I'll probably have so many questions oh, let's do it yes I mean I truly me too you and I are in sync yeah <laughs> Thank you. And well, where can everyone connect with you? Um, my website is RebeccaRosen.com. Um, my hashtag is at medium Rebecca Rosen on my social media. So either place. Amazing. That's in the show notes. And again, Rebecca, thank you so
0: much for coming on. This has been such a treat. Ah, oh, thank you. I've had so much fun. yummies it is time for the outro thank you so much for tuning into the your own magic podcast for the creative and the curious soul and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive. and if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge to It would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review, and I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say, and feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes, and if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at Your Own Magic Podcast cast.com and there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts some spiritual or creative tools and more and of course feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels trinkets and more at eyesofaspen.com. and with that said have a magical rest of your day sending my love jai Ma.